Are you prepared to embark on a journey that might involve dungeons, dragons, and is guaranteed to be unlike anything you've ever experienced? Join us today as we delve into the 20-Sided Tavern, the newest interactive theatrical adventure experience for you and your family or party. Hello and welcome, heroes, to the Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. And I am Sarah Davis Reynolds from the 20-Sided Tavern. Today, we hope to inspire you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. First of all, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Before we delve into the 20-Sided Tavern and all of its fantastic glory, and it is glorious, um, can you tell us, our audience and us, a little bit about uh, yourself and what you do in the the realm of fantasy and role-playing? Yeah. um, So, you know, I've been playing tabletop role-playing games for over a decade now um, and game designing live experiences for just as long, so sort of taking the things that we learn about games, what are the game mechanics, what are the currencies, how are we doing all of this, and then applying those to live experiences. Um, and of course, I've been, you know, playing video games for, let's see, how old am I? Uh, you know, over 20 years. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, what I do in the, in the space is take all the things that I love together and have somehow made a stew that contains all of it. Um, and that's how I pay my rent, which is great. <laughs> You're like a uh, like a a wizard almost. You've combined everything that makes nerd awesome into one magical mixture here. Uh, Do my best. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we've kind of given a brief introduction. Everyone saw the opening video. Could you delve a little bit deeper into what Twenty Sided Tavern is? Maybe share the journey of its creation with us and its success. Yeah, totally. Um, So on its base level, the 20-Sided Tavern is a live-action role-playing game that happens on a theatrical stage. Um, So the performers, as well as the audience, uses uh, digital interactive technology, physical challenges and games, and then, of course, dice um, to together tell a very funny, very adventurous story set in a swords and sorcery style world. Um, so every single day is a completely different story. Um, we have certain campaigns that we'll do that have similar story points, but the characters that we see that day, the decisions we made, all of that is different every single show. Um, and so we have been working on the 20 Sided Tavern for about a year and a half now. We actually started it during um, the pandemic when a lot of us um, had worked in the theatrical space and everything shut down and we were all stuck on Zoom. And uh, we, my co-creator, David Andrew Greener-Laws, who goes by Daggle, and myself, um, we both wanted to do a Dungeons & Dragons inspired show. So he had the idea for a very improv-based Dungeons & Dragons show. I had the idea for a very um, game you know, mechanic-heavy, using the audience uh, to make decisions idea. So we put all of our ideas together and came up with a show that we did actually on Zoom for the first time, where we had three players and the DM, and then myself running some of the game mechanic elements. 
and we did it online on Zoom and it took off. It went crazy. Um, people really loved it and how interactive it was. And so we have been uh, doing it live in person. We did it for the very first time in September of 2021 at the Philadelphia Fringe Festival, actually. Um, and again, went crazy. It was the first time we did it in front of a live audience. And uh, it's just been going since then. We have done full productions in Pittsburgh, as well as at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Um, and we are now here in Chicago at the Broadway Playhouse with Broadway in Chicago. And correct me if I'm wrong, you actually sold out in those um, venues, yeah. correct? Yeah, pretty much all over. Um, turns out that the Venn diagram of people who like Dungeons and Dragons and people who like theater is a circle. So um, really, you know, it's, there's not a lot of live experiences that you can go with your friend, with your gaming party and like watch something happen live that you also get to influence. And so we've really found that this is filling a need that just isn't really being met by some stuff. And people are just turning out in droves. They're coming in costume. Um, they're coming, you know, with their entire gaming groups and then coming back the next week with more people. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're selling out. We're doing really, really well. That's amazing. Um, so something wow. that I really uh, think is interesting is back in 2016, 2017, we went to a convention, and I know we talked about this previous show, where yep. we were trying to come up with a, a fun idea for a panel because nobody wanted to just hear us talk about the game. Right. Especially so, since it's an anime convention, we were a D Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we put together this broken D20, and the audience rolled it to decide <laughs> what they did. And it was packed and it was so much fun not only for them for us so when i saw your show is like oh my god yes i know somebody with actual talent <laughs> has <laughs> it brought this to life on a scale that we could only dream of and actually i think my favorite thing about that show was i posted pictures of us there afterwards and mind you you were just as a wizard brandon here was wearing a full-on dragon helmet with like a movable jaw and i was like in full body paint as a goliath barbarian and I said, hey, we did a thing on the weekend. And suddenly, out of the blue, a friend I've not seen in years suddenly commented on Facebook, that was you? You guys were hilarious. <laughs> wow. That That's a big takeaway from that is that, uh, what was that, 20-sided tavern? Mm -hmm. They have, like, a multitude of different multiple-choice things. Yeah. Ours were, um, I was a dragonborn, and you were a barbarian, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you would right. have an idea. And I would have an idea. And then the audience would vote on mm -hmm. which one we're going to go through. But what you guys have done has taken that to a whole new level. Yes. Now, I really enjoyed watching the uh, uh, the Chicago show. And what really interested me is all the different tools you use to engage the audience. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Maybe give some samples of how it really impacts the story? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're really big on making sure that everything is balanced. So we use this technology called Gameotics, um, which is a browser-based software. So you come in with your cell phone, and everyone has got a smartphone in their pockets nowadays. Um, yeah. Scan a QR code, and it just takes them to a website. It's not an app. And that is how we are able to really give like immediate in-seat interaction for this. Huh. So um, the five performers that are on stage, we have our game master. We have myself. Um, I play the tavern keeper, so I run a lot of those technical elements. And then we have a fighter, a mage, and a rogue. And the audience is split up into what we call cohorts. So a third of the audience plays with the fighter, a third plays with the mage, and a third plays with the rogue. So we can send specific decisions to only the fighters or only the mages. So like when we're in combat,
combat, we will ask the mage, okay, what are two things that you could do? And they'll present two options. So they could say, I'm going to do fire or I'm going to do ice. And then the mages alone get to decide, are we going to do fire or are we going to do ice? And then functionally, we will have the spell that goes with that. We roll the die to see if it is successful or not. And we go from there. Um, so that's sort of one of those immediate in your seat moments where you can make the decisions. Um, and then we also use that to do some challenges. So we have things called multi-clicks and over-unders. And it's sort of, you know, doing button mashing or trying to get <laughs> fill a bar in between two lines if you're trying to be a little bit of finesse in there. Um, and then we also have very physical, tangible things. So we will get audience members on stage to play fantasy beer pong with us. Um, or we'll have them come up to play an NPC and we'll send them the lines on their phone and they're acting with the game master up on stage. Um, we play like Jenga, uh, which I, I think you saw. I love the giant Jenga set. Yeah, the giant like, Jenga yes. set. Um, oh and then God. we have act two versions of those. So in act one, we'll play Jenga. And in act two, we spread out, you know, these giant foam blocks in the audience and the players have to go around and balance them on their heads and collect them from the audience members. So it's really everyone working together to like collectively and collaboratively complete these things while also just having a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, there's the dice who, you know, decide <laughs> what kind of a day we're really going to have. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have giant dice? <laughs> yeah, yes. So- you mentioned the giant die, and Brandon had a burning question. You touched on a little bit pre-show. Um, I think it's very relevant because it's not easy to put a almost three-foot diameter die together. No. I don't know how yeah. big it is, but it looks no, massive. It's, it's 24 it's... inches face-to-face, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so we I guess everything for me just looks bigger, so I'm used to... Our shootout one was I made a... I made a D20, the PVC triangles, did 20 of them, I zip-tied them all, I zip-tied them all together, yeah. and I used duct tape to make it a solid object, and I put the numbers on. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it came up with a 17, 11, and 1 a lot, so it wasn't balanced, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> and now, yeah, I'm going to let you do the same answer you gave me, and hey, what, what's that big-ass D20 made of? How'd you guys do that? Yeah, so our cheeky answer is magic. Um, but, uh, yeah, so our amazing um, scenic and props and costume designer, Katie McGeorge, um, is the proprietor of this, what we call the decider. Um, and so we have seven different ones that live in the world right now. Some of them here in the U.S., some of them are over in Scotland, actually. Um, and we've gone through a couple different stages of how we make this. I can't tell you exactly what it's made out of because that's a trade secret. But um, I can tell you that it is four and a half pounds. So it is not made out of wood. It is not made out of PVC pipe. Um, and it's not made out of resin. Um, but it's very, very balanced. Right now, we've, we have a couple of different versions. We've got the one that you saw in the picture there that has that... Um, it, what looks like the metal frame that's actually rubber that kind of keeps it, gives it more durability and holds it together. Um, but yeah, a uh, couple different versions of it um, around the world. Is this something I could buy? <gasps> <laughs> Maybe one day. Um, we do have a couple that we've done on commission before. Um, and, uh, you know, that's the hope as we continue on our quest for world domination. Advertising. We could totally dangle one over our heads. Just forget this whole thing. We'll just do it like that. Just like a that. giant D20. Like <laughs> in so your, you, in your uh, colors you keep, uh, and everything. You keep us yeah. in the loop. This is my biggest Yeah, D20. definitely. And it's a stress ball. <laughs> oh, that would be great. The, the D20 is so iconic that when anybody looks at it, 
even when I first saw it, I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I need to know more. And <laughs> just like Brand, I immediately wanted to buy one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. What am I going to do with this thing? I'm going to show up as the dungeon master for the 24 inch D20. You'd be the best oh. dungeon master. <laughs> yeah, dude. It'd be the best inspiration die. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so as soon as these are available for purchase, please. I will yeah. DM you. I'll for, let you know. For my games, I got a hand sized D20 that I use for rolling in the open. Because they're all spread out, so I just take it and I throw it on the floor so you don't see it. Is that made out of PVC pipe, too? (laughs) It's made out of resin. Anyway, I only have seen one of your shows, Mm -hmm. but I know the nature of the audience engagement and the chance of the die. Is every story unique that you tell, or is it like a similar story that has just many, many possible outcomes? Yeah, I mean, a little more of the latter. Um, It is definitely true when we say that no show is ever the same. Um, So I mentioned that we have the fighter, the mage, and the rogue, and each of those actors has three different characters that they are familiar with, and they don't know who they're playing until the show starts and the audience tells them. The audience votes on who they get to play that night. Um, So (laughs) completely different, like, combinations of characters and classes and all of that. Um, so we have a basic, you know, campaign structure. So, um, we have four total campaigns that we've ever run right now in Chicago. We're running the, um, Temple of the Crystal Cauldron is the name of the campaign. And so we have certain milestones that we will always hit. We know that we're always going to start in the tavern, the Curious Hedgehog. We know that we're going to, you know, get the call to adventure and we're going to go to the temple to do the ritual. But what happens like in between points A and B is what is completely different every time based on who the characters are what names the audience gives us for NPCs. That's a whole other story. Um, That sounds awesome. It's truly crazy. Um, Yeah, and then obviously the way the dice roll, the way the combat, you know, shakes out, all of that changes um, so that each night is drastically different. Even if there are some plot points that are, you know, the same, everything that happens in between is so very different that it's a completely different experience. That that makes sense. Okay, so if you're running a campaign, Mm -hmm. like a continuous storyline... Mm-hmm. Is is that a method to get people who come one week to come the next week to keep coming over and over again? Because uh, that, that is I mean, genius. It's basically, it's kind of like a one-shot campaign, right? We will tell the beginning, the middle, and the end of the story in the two-hour show. Um, so we will wrap up the whole story. Uh, but okay. um, the, the story, I'll give you a little bit of spoilers, inside knowledge here, um, is that every 99 years, this temple needs to do a ritual um, to keep peace and order happening. And so the way that we can sort of continuously tell this is every 99 years, we have to do it again and we have to tell the story again. And so each performance is, you know, sort of going on top wow. of that and folding and scaffolding. Um, and actually the way that how well one audience does affects the next show. So if you did a really good job on the ritual, that means it's a little bit easier for the next show. If you mess it up, the next show is going to have a harder time. Um, so it just keeps scaffolding on top of each other. This encounter this week will be uh, deadly. God damn it, last week. <laughs> up for Ooh. Us. Oh, yeah. I can just see rage nerds on the internet. All right, you bastards that were at the last one. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, they'll you know we'll say okay, the DC on this is going to be an eighteen, and the audience all groans, and we're like, don't look at us. Look at last night's audience. It's not <laughs> my fault. Now I'm mildly curious. Just going to slight tangent here. At the beginning of each session, if you will, or yeah. show, you bring out the actors. You say these are multiple characters I could play. Mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite that you have portrayed? 
Ooh, um, so I am always the tavern keeper, so I don't ever okay. get to do any of the like fun characters. Um, but I do get to make them, uh, so that's you know fun. And then I get to give them to the actors and say, "Now you get to go have fun with them." Um, so I will say one of my favorite that I've made is a Loxodon artificer. Um, who, if you've ever seen Disney's Atlantis, um, he's very very mm. similar to the mole who like digs all the time. He just loves explosions, <laughs> and that's his entire thing. He just loves blowing things up. Um, Loxodon so like an elephant. Yeah, like an elephant. Yeah, like digging, like with a like. Uh -huh, yeah, he's an explosive <laughs> elephant um, whose name is Elmir, and uh, he's my favorite. And I can't explain why. <laughs> that took what ten seconds. <laughs> That sounds, that sounds like very fun. <laughs> and I'll admit, I, even to this day, even though we did a show the one time, I'm still partial to Thorg. And his big gimmick was, like a fair phrase, English is not his first language. It's <laughs> like if uh, somebody tried to learn language from a dictionary. Mm, yeah, <laughs> and so like knows the vocabulary. One example how it manifested was he considers himself a pacifist because he pacifies his enemies. <laughs> you know, that's... I'll say this. I said this earlier. I said, you know, we were talking about trying and succeeding versus things. And I said, try is a word. Succeed is another word. And I feel like that's the same thing. It's like pacify is a word. I'm just using it in a different context here. Yeah. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. So there is a lot that kind of goes into this production. Because um, it's, it's on a big scale. Yeah. Pickle juice. Uh, huh? There pickle is juice. pickle juice pickle in the show. Yeah. Yes. It's a poison. Yeah. Poison yeah. Poison. I like that idea. That's a pretty it was. And actually, one thing I kind of appreciated too was when we did our panel, we tried to take into account the audience participation to add time. Mm -hmm. So I remember us, we timed out to like, okay, let's. it took us like during a test play through an hour and a half. Is it to our panel so we should be good? We were wrong. <laughs> we should have dialed it back to about an oh, hour yeah. and a half. Timing. We, we, we actually do have a really good question that came in from one of our Facebook followers. Sure. Yes. Um, will you be visiting other cities after your Chicago run? And, you know, do you have a list of those? Is that planned out where? in advance? <laughs> that, no, that's a great question. Um, the answer is, um, so the, we've, like I said, we were in Pittsburgh and we've done New York. We've done uh, Edinburgh and we're in Chicago now. Um, the plan is to continue. Um, I do not have specific cities yet, but if you follow us on socials like that, we will immediately, the minute we have dates and, and places like that, things will be on there. Um, so follow all the 20-sided tavern socials and you'll be the first to know. Um, we're not stopping here, I guess is the answer that I can give you. <laughs> That's a great answer. And honestly, we are super excited uh, for you and your success because this is just one more tool to snag more people into our wonderful hobbies yeah one of my favorite things with the audiences is we will see um a lot of kids bringing their like grandparents um and you know because they'll usually play the games at the grandparents house and the grandparents don't know what's going on but then they bring them to this show and they go oh now i know what you're doing and i want to get involved um so it's it's really lovely to see how this is expanding the community I have a couple <laughs> questions before we move into the one of the last ones. And in role-playing games in general, part of it is the leveling up and evolving of the characters. Does anything like that happen in the shows? That's a great question. Um, so they are all built at roughly level six. 
um, and mostly stay that way. But they do collect items throughout the shows, mm-hmm. especially we have one campaign that's not the one we're doing in Chicago, um, but the one we did in Edinburgh, where they would collect magical items throughout the campaign, which would give them buffs and give them, you know, additional abilities and things like that. Um, so for the most part, they don't do full level ups, but they do get yeah. things that make them more they, powerful they or potentially weaker, depending on what the item is. <laughs> potentially like weaker. That. Yeah. So the one we did in Edinburgh, that campaign was Cryptids at Coldfire Caverns. And if you did good, you got an item that helped you. If you did badly, you got an item that made you weaker. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Curses are a bitch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> negative one to AC or anything like that. Yeah. So, negative three to your intelligence. I forgot how to math. I don't know how to math. We couldn't solve a riddle in time. I can only count to four. I can only count to four. I Ooh. can only count to four. I can only co- Anyway, so um, there's just I – got, I got more questions than we have time for. Yeah. Um, Andrew on YouTube asked this question. Unexpected things happen in campaigns all the time because of player choices. What would you say your favorite unexpected slash unscripted moment has been during the show? What a good question. Um, So one of the things that I always say about this show is that we maintain the capacity for everyone to surprise everyone. And that includes the players. That also includes the audience because the audience is a fourth player. And most of the insane, unexpected, unscripted things come from the audience. Um, (laughs) So one of the things we do, we always uh, ask for a lot of NPC names from the audience. And um, my favorite ones are when the audience gets on a a theme. So they'll name like one David, and then they'll name the next one David. And then, you know, they just like keep going on it. And we're, and obviously, you know, we're (laughs) acting like we're completely frustrated about it. And we kind of are sometimes. But they... They just love it. They revel in making us flustered and frustrated and getting names mixed up. And so I think those are always my favorite when they just really decide that they are driving the ship that day. And we're like, cool. All right. That's totally fine. Um, There was one time they named a, a a very important pivotal character, Mother Coconuts, which I don't know if that's a reference to something or what, but we had to in like you know, very serious moment of exposition, call this character Mother Coconuts. And we're like, all right, well, we've diffused all the tension now. Um, But yeah, so just really, really fun bits like that. Um, And then here in Chicago, especially, uh, there is a liquor here in Chicago called Malort. And it tastes like if uh, jet fuel and, I don't know, sewage had a baby um it's very bad but chicago loves it and so we use it um in our show whenever you roll a natural 20 or a natural one you either get to take a shot of celebration or a shot of shame and uh they (laughs) chicago they they're horny for malort they are screaming malort at us if we do not take malort for those shots of shame like i think they would burn the theater down so it's pretty insane (laughs) Oh, our audience members agree it's the worst. Oh god, no! It's so bad. <laughs> well, it was the worst. I no. don't understand. Uh, uh, and I'm thinking about the one time where we encountered the dragon and the DM, like what, like the players are like, okay, what's, what's the dragon's name? And I said half jokingly, I bet you're thinking the dragon's name is, but we can't pronounce it, so his name's Steve. Exactly. <laughs> The amount of times that the bartender, which is the first NPC we name, is named Steve. Like, it is actually, we have stats of how many times. It happens all the time. It's crazy. 
That's great. What is Malort? <laughs> so, is that, a, is that a vodka or something? Mother Coconut meat. I don't even rum? know. It's not it's vodka. It is some specific Chicago <laughs> I don't know. So, Izo? <laughs> I heard that So, part. before we, uh, uh, we're coming to our uh, close on our show today. Um, and that's sad because I'm loving this. I know. <laughs> um, uh, what <laughs> is your favorite part of the 20 sided tavern show? Ooh. Mm, drinking. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I had my 100th show last night, and I went shot for shot with everyone, which means I took seven shots throughout the whole show. That was a fun show. Um, no, my favorite part is that um, I don't know if I've ever been in a room where everyone, where there are hundreds. I mean, this this theater seats 500 people, um, and there are hundreds of us who are all screaming for the same things. Um, so when we're rolling the decider, and we have this thing called a re-roll, which is once per show, per cohort. Um, if you roll poorly, the audience and the player can do a challenge to, to re-roll. Um, and they get to roll the big decider. And the tension in the room, while we are seeing if we will roll higher, like high enough to do the thing we need to do, and the screams that happen when that decider lands on a 20... Uh, I, I think I've gone deaf before, truly. Um, I've never been in a room that is just simply so electric and live. Um, and it's about something, you know, we're all playing a game that we all love and that, you know, we are often called nerds for loving. Um, but it is 500 people having this common love for something and getting so involved and so into it. Um, and it's just like, it feels home. It's this nice uh, community where you can be as crazy or wild, as chaotic as you want to be, and it's going to be accepted. That's awesome, and I am so, like, happy to see this growing and succeeding and, and reaching, as I said earlier, growing uh, the potential audience for role-playing games, and uh, work like what you're doing is just a, a huge asset, so um, thank you, and uh, congratulations on the success. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about or discuss that we may have missed? Ooh, I think we hit a lot of the good stuff. Um, Except the the Molort. 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 It's a dandelion whiskey. I dandelion learned something whiskey. today. Um, <laughs> it's, <laughs> we, we genuinely, not to keep going on the Molort tangent, but we genuinely, before the first show, all took a shot together so that we were prepared. Because it's that bad. <laughs> Uh, um, if you're in the Chicago area, we would love to see you. We're here until January 15th. If you're not in the Chicago area, um, we have a really vibrant community, especially on our Discord. Uh, we do a lot of things on our Discord. We're actually going to have a game night this Tuesday for National Games Day. So um, if you want to nice. come play some Jackbox games with us or anything like that, um, just come check us out. We have a podcast. So, you know, we even when we don't have an active show running, um, we have a lot of stuff happening. And so uh, just, you know, we'd, we'd love to come hang out. Nice. Very cool. Uh, there is one last question that I, as somebody that I feel special, I just feel like I got to ask. Of course, of course you, it caught your eye. <laughs> uh, Silverwolf says, have you thought about having special guests on your show? Wink, wink. Pick us. <laughs> that is an excellent question. And the answer is yes. Um, the way that we have structured the show of having a fighter, <laughs> a mage, and a rogue, each of them with three characters, is specifically so that like we can very easily bring in guests and they don't need a lot of rehearsal time because it's all improvised, right? It's... Uh, if you, as long as you know oh, your character, you can you. get thrown in there and call it a day. Um, so it, we did specifically structure it to have some special guests, and we're hoping to have some of those soon. 
my dice are trembling with excitement. As soon as I can figure out how to sign up for that, I want to. <laughs> yeah. Because that would be so cool. I mean, what the shit? I could be the I could be the villain. I got the shape for it. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, uh, as we close out, um, you want to give yourself one final plug for the Twenty Sided Tavern. Uh, where can people follow, find, and support the 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 show? Yeah, so we are on all social channels um, at Twenty Sided Tavern, um, and uh, if you are in Chicago, um, we are here until January fifteenth. You can get tickets at BroadwayInChicago.com. Um, we do have a oh, let me see if I can remember this. We have a discount code. I think it's holiday, and that is discount tickets throughout the end of the year. Um, so we're here until then. Um, come say hi. Like I said, we're really active on Discord. Like I and my co-creator Daggle um, are very active on everything. We like to chat. If you ever have questions, like feel free to ask us. We're very transparent about this process because we just really love sharing it and talking about it. Um, and yeah. Now, uh, before we cut out, where are you going next? Where am I? Where are we going next? Uh, I cannot say yet, um, but oh. hopefully soon. Okay. Uh, okay. Good luck. We're really Thanks so excited much. for it. All right. Thank you for having um, me. Damn, I want to go. Sarah, <laughs> thank you once again so much for uh, joining us today. This has been a blast. Uh, I can't wait to watch another show. Um, for everyone else, you heard her. Check this out. It, um, I highly recommend it. I've seen one show, and it is absolutely amazing. Every role player needs to take their family to see this. If you have family members that don't understand D&D or, or uh, Numenera or Pathfinder or whatever role-playing game you play, this show can help them understand yeah. in a we'll new, teach you. new way, um, which I just think is glorious. So uh, that'll do it for our show today. Thank you once again for joining us today, Sarah. Thank you, you for a having me. Guest. Thanks so much. Um, for all of you all of you watching, if you enjoyed the show and you would like to support um, Crit Academy, go and buy tickets to 20-Sided Tavern. Yeah. <laughs> um, go to our website. Visit us at CritAcademy.com. Check out some of our amazing best-selling third-party content. Follow us on social media. Maybe leave a review. All that jazz. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit that bell and subscribe button and get a big annoying alert when – we go live and you'll know it's us. So we can bug you even when you're not watching us. Um, <laughs> that'll do it for our show today. I am your host, Justin. I'm Sarah. And I'm your co-host, Ian. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep, Keep your, your blades sharp and spell prepare, prepare, heroes. heroes. <laughs>